Hello everyone and welcome to this edition of Monday Talk with me. That's right, today is Monday. <coughs> I'm, I am your host, Alexander Mars, and welcome to my show. If you're new, welcome. If you are a returning listener, thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm glad you're aboard. Yay! So anyway. That's how I feel right now. Yay! So anyway. Give you a little background about me and what my show is about. Is I talk about disabilities and how that affects my life. And then uh, issues that are going on in the world as well. So you get basically about a little everything. I also talk about my writing. I haven't done anything over a month because I've been sick. But... I talk about my manuscripts and and stuff like that as well. <coughs> Speaking of that, I still have this nagging cough due to my asthma. Okay, it comes for me as an asthma attack as a cough. Uh, sinuses are still my sinuses are settling down finally. Uh, so now when I sneeze, not goes through my nose. I know you didn't want to hear it, but you know. We're all human. Instead of going down the back of my throat and really causing a really bad asthma attack. So, I'm doing better. Uh, now I'm just kind of like trying to keep myself well and making sure my nose don't swell up because that's what it normally does and triggers all that stuff to go down. And so I am trying to hold out for two weeks, but I'm thinking about calling my rheumatologist's office and seeing if I can get in a little bit earlier to get my biologic. Um, for those of you who don't know, I have rheumatoid arthritis throughout all my joints, from my jaw, down to my neck, through my toes. There's a joint, it's got it. <laughs> so. So yeah, it's been, it's been rough. I, I can tell that I need, I need, I need my biologic. So anyway. So today, this is October. It is looks ah uh, can't even speak right now. It is Dyslexia Awareness Month, and yes, I do have dyslexia. I also actually I have all three of the D's. So, um, I have dysgraphia, and I don't know how to pronounce the math one. They all start with D's. <laughs> Um, I don't do math, let's put it that way. I know the basics of math. I know how to add, balance, a checkbook. Uh, I know multiple patients. I know how to divide. And basically, I use a calculator to make sure that my when I do it in my head, it's right. Because I can be about a number off. That's about it with math. I like math, but computing math back out acts like I don't understand math, which when I do, it's it's a weird concept. I need to talk about that one. That'd be a good that'd be a good subject to talk about this week. So not this week, but this month. Yeah. October is Dyslexia Awareness Month where people try to talk about it and bring out some more attention to parents, educators, to general product, and also adults who have, who are dyslexic like me. Alright, so I will be, t in the first segment, I will be talking about that. 
Uh, the second segment, I'll be talking about what happened to me when I went to see my hand surgeon. I'm not happy about that, but <clears throat> you'll find out in the second segment. In the third segment, I had promised to talk about Supergirl and my thoughts. Uh, one thing about Supergirl, I went back to watch last week's episode before the app went crazy. And, uh, I noticed, I noticed last week it was, it was, uh, trending in the, in the shows. When you go to the CW and you can go to the trending, you see all the shows that are still trending. And it had now finally got back on there. So, I think people have realized it's on and they're watching it. Or they're going back and catching up, um, with the episodes that they missed. It's been crazy. So... Yeah, I need to go back and finish last week's episode. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, I, I just wanted to say that because I think I said on my last thing about Supergirl that if she wasn't trending, and she wasn't, and now it's like I say something and it's like, now she's trending! I think a lot of that has to do now people are getting back watching TV because of all network shows, all the new shows going on on the regular networks like Fox, NBC, ABC, and uh, CBS. Um, if you want to know what's going on CBS, it's basically dealing with some type of crime. Um, and economy, that's basically what they have. Uh, ABC, they have like a variety of comedy, cop shows, and different types of shows. Um, this too. Uh, NBC's trying to have uh, a science fiction show again. I don't know why the last one they, they canceled. It was pretty good from what I was reading. People were upset. Um, I need to check that one out. I they're not dealing they're not the only network that does that honestly Fox has done that uh, CBS has done that actually CBS has given their their sci-fi shows a bit longer and they've also put them in the summer when people are stuff and they do pretty good there but they don't they don't play them out to the end actually they did with one was that one called extinct something like that or extract I don't know it had Holly it had Holly Berry in it and I really like that one but <clears throat> but during the fall they don't um, they don't do it really well I don't know I get really mad it's like you have a really good first season. Even shows are not sci-fi. You have a really good show that's got good characters, well-grounded, and they don't get a lot of, of the audience that they're supposed to get, and they're, like, cut off. And it's like, those shows at least need another season, I think, or two. Uh, some of the, some of the great, some of the, like, shows that we think are classics, uh, when they first came on, they didn't have a lot of viewers. It took them a little bit to be build our audience and the network just kept it because they knew it was good they knew it was writing was good the actors were good everything was good and they kept it um mash was one of them 
actually somebody and a wife from one of the executives told them that they needed to keep it keep the show it was good and it just needed a little bit of time to to, to uh if I remember that correctly yeah I just needed a little bit of time to find its audience and it did it became like one of the greatest shows if you like MASH I don't really care for MASH but you know it's something that was in I found that interesting you know so networks don't really give shows I, I don't think they really give shows and especially what gets me about you have a sci-fi show uh, oh what was that one I liked from ABC that they did with the kid that was a robot it was an android or more like a cyborg still on Hulu oh I don't remember it now I, I remember the poster for it but I don't remember the thing anyway you know what gets me mad they have these streaming networks and I don't understand when a show gets cancelled why couldn't it the next seasons go on a streaming network like Hulu or Netflix now NBC's got the Peacock uh, there's Amazon Prime You name it. Uh, there's Paramount Network that CBS took over. That C Paramount Network took over the CBS app. So, <coughs> <coughs> I mean, I'm sitting there going, why can't you just? There's just other options, but anyway. But anyway, um, I forget the one now. The NBC's doing it. it's weird name. Um, I watched. I watched the first episode on Hulu and I thought it was pretty good. Um, only thing I didn't like is it was like you watched, you only got like five minutes of the main characters. Well, the main character. Being, having her normal life and I just, I didn't feel like for me, as a viewer, that was enough time to start bonding with the character. I mean, there was some stuff that I liked about the character and what her kids had to say. Um, and then we went into the action and boom, take it off. It was It's non-stop action. If you like non-stop action, then there you go. I think it's a good show to check out. <clears throat> and if you have Hulu, it's available on Hulu. I think it also might be available on Peacock as well. But <clears throat> but I have some issues with that because um, basically the characters fell in a very uh, a sinkhole that opened up in the middle of Los Angeles near the tar pits and they fell and supposedly because there's a rift in time they, they fell through time and so so now they're like they, they fell and now they, they fall through time it's like the land of the lost in a way they fill back through time and and yet their technology still works that I don't understand they don't have a cell phone but their batteries and their technology works uh, 
I don't get that one. Um, you fall back through time and you're out of your time, wouldn't, wouldn't your technology and your vehicles and all that stuff wouldn't work if it was technology? I don't know. I just thinking, I sit there and going, how is that possible? Just me thinking, folks. <clears throat> just me thinking. So anyway, so like I said, on uh, the next segment, I'm going to be talking about dyslexia. Uh, in, the, my, in my second segment, I'll be talking about uh, what happened to me in my hand when I went to see the hand surgeon. And my last segment will be about Supergirl. So, and how you can tell, I got to learn how to tamp uh, stamp. Um, when you hear like the little sounds to introduce, uh, air. I have like I put when I uh, upload this, I put little sounds, and you can tell by the sounds which ones I'm getting. I need to do so anyway. So, and I'm going to try to keep them short and not go over. So, I mean, notes today. We'll see how that happens. So, anyway, well, uh, let's go on to the next subject. And I'm going to talk about dyslexia. And then we will go from, then after that, I'll talk about my hand. And then after that, I'll talk about Supergirl. <coughs> see you in the next segment. Toodles. Alright everyone, welcome back to my first segment and today we're going to talk about dyslexia and as I said earlier, if you did not listen to my intro, uh, October is Dyslexia Awareness Month. Alright. <clears throat> And so, all this month, I'm going to be at least dedicating at least one segment to dyslexia. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, I still have this nagging cough. Um, so, so I decided over the weekend, I like uh, listened, not listened, I recorded like a couple episodes and I didn't like where I went off to. Um, I was also, when I recorded them, I was also emotionally upset, which that didn't help. Um, so I decided just to go with the basics and, at, you know, ask the question, what is dyslexia? I went to the link called dyslexia.yale.edu. Good resource to find out exactly what, what is dyslexia. They have some good articles. Um, they do research, they also do studies, and to help parents and people. <clears throat> um, they give a lot of helpful information, so it's another good resource. <clears throat> and so I read their, how they call dyslexia, what, how they define dyslexia, and I think it's perfect. 
it's very short and I don't normally do this folks I am going to read read it out loud I've been practicing a couple of times and I'm pretty sure there's one word you might be able to discover what the word is that I have trouble with because I've never heard it before and I don't know why they put such a big word in <laughs> the thing talking about dyslexia so I've been practicing reading this out loud because I think it's very important and this is the only time I read stuff out loud if it's stuff that I've written but I've practiced a few times and I feel very confident about doing it and what words I didn't know since I used my uh, I'm using my Apple my iPad my iPad can read it out to me or just or I can highlight a word and it'll tell me what the word means which is cool which is why one of the reasons why I recommend like an iPad or an iPhone for <clears throat> people who are dealing who are dyslexic so because it helps with that helps with the word so anyway so here so here's the article it says what is dyslexia a reading reading is complex it requires our brains to connect letters to sounds put those sounds in the right order and put those words together into a into sentences and paragraphs we can read and comprehend people with dyslexia have trouble matching letters that they see on the page with sound with those sounds of letters and the combination of letters that make and when they have trouble with that step all the other steps are harder dyslexic children and adults struggle to read fluently and spell words correctly and learn and learn a second language among other challenges but these difficulties have no connection to their overall intelligence in fact dyslexia is an unexpected difficulty in reading in an individual who has the intelligence to be a much better reader with, while people with dyslexia are slow readers they are often Yeah, we come to the word. Paradoxically, yay, I got it. <laughs> I'll read this again. Why people with dyslexia are slow leaders, they are often paradoxically are very fast and creative thinkers with strong reasonable reasoning abilities. Alright. I still didn't get that right. We're gonna do it now. We're gonna read this. I'm gonna read this again. Why people with dyslexia are slow leaders, they are often paradoxically very fast and creative thinkers with strong reason, reasoning abilities. Dyslexia is also very common, affecting 20% of the population and representing 80 to 90% of, of all those with learning disabilities. So specifically, scientifically, research has shown differences in the brain connecting between dyslexic and a typical reading in children, providing a neurological base for why reading fluently is a struggle for those with dyslexia. Dyslexia cannot be cured, it's lifelong, but with the right support, dyslexic individuals can become very highly successful students and adults. <coughs> Alright, now hopefully I read that clearly. I didn't read too fast. If I have, I apologize. 
So, anyway, if you guess the word is what the word I got stuck on is paradoxically. Hey, I got that right again. Woohoo! I don't understand why they had to use a big word. <laughs> I really don't. Okay. Anyway. So, I want to read that because I think it gives a very good explanation of what um, what reading is and what and what dyslexia is. It's basically brains connecting letters to sounds and then making the word out of them. And I have hardly no phonics. I have very, 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 very little phonics. <coughs> I have more phonics now than I did in school. Let's put it that way. I've learned I've learned to sound out words. I've tried. And sometimes I get it wrong. But it has helped. Now, for me, if I had the extra money, I know what I would do. I would find me a tutor and I would just learn the basics all over again. And see what I remember and see what I know and what I don't know. But I can't afford that. So, anyway, I'm looking at my notes here so I don't go off the rabbit trails with the ADD. Yes, I have ADD too. Alrighty. So, anyway. Yeah, for me personally, um, finding connecting sounds like that word paradoxically, I looked at that word and had no idea when I first saw that. I'm like, what the hell is that word? And why did they use it? You know, and so I, I had my, what I did is I had my iPad read it to me and I heard the word. And for me to keep saying it, I had to hear the word over and over again to how to pronounce it. Because I just see letters. I don't see... I, I don't... It's not a word I use. And so I just look at it and go, paradoxically. Paradoxically. And it's spelled really strange, too. So <clears throat> it's not like I can figure out in a big, complex word, find little words that come together and maybe help give me an idea of what the word might sound like. Anyway, and another thing that I'm really proud of myself is sometimes when a dyslexic person like myself reads out loud, we'll sometimes stammer or just can't get the words out because our brains are having a hard time processing the information as well. But I didn't really have that problem until I came to paradoxically. And you know what? And I'm not ashamed of it anymore because it's just the way my brain works. If people want to make fun of me and ridicule me, that's on them. That says more about the character than it does me. That's the way I look at it. I've had enough of that. I was treated like that in school. I don't need any more of that stupid stuff. I can go suck on an egg. And it's taken me a long time to get there. Yeah, does it still hurt? Yeah. Um, people are sometimes stupid. <laughs> Sometimes people are hurting so bad in their own lives that they want to make somebody else miserable, especially when someone else is trying to better their life in different ways. And they they don't like that. They want everybody to be miserable. That's just 
that's the way, you know, that's just the way it is for some reason and stuff like that. There's always going to be trolls and haters. Unfortunately, but that's a different subject how to help your, how to deal with all that stuff. That's actually, that's a really, my brain came up with a good idea there. I should talk about that. Mm-hmm. And exit in an upcoming episode. So, anyway. <coughs> so, I want to talk to you why reading is important. I thought this would be a good, after reading this, and why it's important. Why reading is very important. You know, we, we, reading is the only way that we download information into our minds. If you think about it like like a computer, we plug in things or we download from the internet and we we download information and then the computer takes the information and runs the program. Well, reading is like that for us. We read or we listen because listening is reading by the way. I don't care what anybody says about that. They can go if they have an issue with that, they can go suck an egg. Yeah, I'm just in one of those moods. So, so reading is the only way that we get information besides listening to stuff. Like if you want, if you hear like a topic on the like in the news, like on your local news for 15 minutes, or you're reading, you know, and you want more information about that particular subject, what do you do? You go research and you go look up stuff online, or you go to your library and you put out some books, or you find a you know a book online to read that's for free. You find information and you you get the information by reading you know, by reading. You download information into your brain and you think about it. Now you're supposed to think about what you read, but that's the way we were designed to get information by reading other than talking and talking to people but you know you want to know something more on a subject on a particular subject that's what you do you read about that subject from all different areas and whether it's on the internet library taking a class about it anything that's how we learn by reading and this is why reading is such a crucial thing for any child in America or anywhere in the world. If a child want, you know, if you want your child to have the best opportunities in life, they need to know how to read fluently. They don't need to be scared of a book. And with somebody like me being dyslexic, yeah, I can get scared of a book, especially a book that's 800 pages, like Doom. Yeah, I've been reading Doom. And, um, Got narration too for it, by the way. It's wonderful narration. But you can't be scared of something because you're a slow reader. And this is why it's very crucial for a child between one, now the first from kindergarten to third grade, to get the in, to get the help that they need if if they're showing signs of being dyslexic. All right, schools don't like to use that word. Schools like to use the word learning difficulties or learning disabilities, which I was classified under when I finally got tested. When I finally got labeled with the right label. Well, actually, sort of, but that's a different story. 
so so for a child to have the right opportunities for the career that he wants he needs to have the best reading skills that he can have all right now a child with poor reading skills will be stuck in the system and what i mean by the system they're going to either be stuck in the criminal system or they're going to be stuck in on assistance system because they're going to be working in low class paying jobs they're going to be the ones easily fired because they don't have the skills to butter themselves because they don't have the proper reading skills I've seen this happen with too many people in my life that I've known for one they didn't get the education that they needed or two they didn't care at the time <clears throat> or three they went on diagnosed with having uh, dyslexia and they didn't know it and so they struggled all their life just to make ends meet now I'm sure as a parent you don't want that for your child and so this is the time that you need to buckle down and find the resources and really advocate for your child because you're actually in reality in about 10 or 15 years you're actually advocating for your child's future and for your grandchildren's future as well I, I, I hear parents talk about because they're in their struggles and they're financially and and they're just going through the motions and they don't think about it I'm like you try and I try to talk to them and they're like well you don't understand yeah I do I have to make important decisions too about my health and about my finances too and I know what I need and what I have to think about which I'll be explaining in the next ep the next segment but I also know as being a child as being dyslexic and not getting the appropriate help that I needed now you and don't go start blaming my parents now I grew up in the age where there was no cell phones no internet no computers actually computers were just coming out and all they can say was hi what is your name and blinking at you <laughs> and I thought that was pretty cool <coughs> all right so finding anything about having learning issues was the mercy of the school and how what the school thought about you and since I had rheumatoid arthritis on top of it they didn't think I was going to do that much with my life they just thought my life was over yeah that's what I remember that was the things that I heard through the gossip sometimes I'd hear things when I wasn't supposed to so yeah that's one reason why I hate to go to school but I like learning and I still love learning and I still love reading even though it sometimes can be difficult so but like with that like with the iPad I can have stuff read to me I have my Kindle my Kindle can read stuff if I can't have the narration with the automatic thing which I like so those are you know I would say for parents to another thing too is your child may buckle because it's hard to learn technology. You should see me when I get a new software system. <laughs> I'm the first week and a half I'm about ready to check the computer out the window. But then I get it and it's like, oh yeah, it works. I get really frustrated and I think it's just a trait 
that it's hard to read and we have all this different stuff going on and it's just hard to go and once we learn to make the connections in the brain because basically the brain is about pathways and when you read something your brain makes a pathway and it's always growing it's always changing um, I forget the brain stops developing at what age 25 it completes it and then it goes to a different stage but but like I said if you don't use it you're gonna lose it like it with any same with the mind muscle I think of the mind as a muscle, like the major muscle of, of the whole body. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And if kids don't get those pathways open up and learn phonics, they're going to have a tougher time reading fluently and actually comprehending um, this and that. Uh, this and that. Now, I don't remember. I have to find some of my old report cards. I don't remember. I think, yeah, I do think comprehension when I was younger was hard. Now, I, I get a lot of stuff now that I didn't used to. But, no. I have to, I used to have my report cards when I was in from grade school. Read those, because it was very interesting. Um, yeah, so, you know, reading is, <clears throat> you know, reading is very important because how we comprehend things, and if the, if the child is, is a slow reader, it's going to be harder for them to comprehend things, reading silently, than having somebody read it out loud to them, and to comprehend it. And this is one of the reasons why I think it's um, very important to have really good reading skills is how to use technology. Um, I do believe there's a lot of technology out now that can help someone that's dyslexic. Um, it's, I think the hard part sometimes is getting the person who has dyslexia to sit down and use the technology and not feel ashamed because they need, they need accommodations. This is where I get, people don't want to call it a disability, and I get it, because <clears throat> it's more friendly to call it a, a challenge or a difficulty. I think we just need to be flat out and just call it what it is, a disability, because the person needs accommodations to order to do the same work at the same level as a person without the disability. Let's just call it as it is, people. Alright? That's how I feel about it. Because I also have a physical disability and I also have an invisible disability that people can't see until I read something out loud. Or they look at my handwriting and or look at my sentence structure. Uh, sometimes some of my friends get upset because how I write on texting and messaging and using messenger and it's just like I, I don't know that's just what my brain does and I get it, it's hard for sometimes for people to figure it out but I try to be clear and direct and sometimes 
I feel like a shortened sentence is the best way for me and be grammarly correct and to be understood. Um, you know, <clears throat> and sometimes that doesn't always go over well. But that's just, that's just the way how my mind works. So, okay, let's see what time is that? I'm using, okay. Yeah, and the reason I say that <clears throat> you really, as a parent or an educator, really need to make sure the kids get the extra instruction. And I tell you what, extra instruction doesn't mean 30 minutes a day. Extra instruction means a lot more time because kids need to put together the letters and the sounds. Um, my teachers used to get really frustrated because they would say, well, you're so smart, quit being lazy. And I wasn't being lazy. Sometimes I had this, I still have this, not as bad. But I remember as a kid, I had this invisible brick layer. It felt like it was brick. It was invisible. And it was like, information could get in, but I couldn't get information out. And I still feel it. And that's not as bad, but it's like, and I knew once that if I could figure out how to destroy that layer, that invisible layer that was blocking my potential to show that I knew the work or I knew what I was doing or I needed a specific help in a certain segment like in a math problem, that I would have been an A student. I still believe that when I put my mind to it, but then you know, when I put my mind to to getting all the good days, I got burned out and I didn't really care at the end of the semester. That's what happened in college, but... Dealing with a physical disability at the same time, but that's a different story. <clears throat> but that's what I feel, and I think... And I don't think a lot of people who have, who are dyslexic, don't really talk about it. You know, and how is, you know, an able-bodied person with a good mind, an excellent mind, and there's nothing wrong with that, goes, well, just read this and you'll get it. All right, I read that and I don't know if I got it or not. Because if I put down the work and go, it's like I got to figure it out. It's got to go through all the process and get processed in the right way and categories in the right way so I will remember how to retrieve the information later for the, for the test. And sometimes I don't get things right away. Or sometimes, due to emotional stress, what is overgoing my mind with pain or whatever, it's t it takes a little bit of processing to get through. You know, it's got to go through that invisible barrier again. It feels like bricks. And I don't think people don't understand. I, I don't think people who don't understand don't because uh, we don't talk about it and I do believe a lot of the individuals I think probably feel the same way there's like some type of barrier blocking their potential and once it can be removed they can shine and they can whiz on through because now they've got boom 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 they've got the drive they've they've got the know-how and now they can move and now they can go go as fast as they want 
And if they get stuck on something or they feel that barrier, they've got the tools now to face it and handle it. I have heard, you know, through the years, a lot of parents talk about dyslexia, didn't know about it. And these were parents who had money and influence. All right. These weren't like mom and pops working nine to five jobs. These were parents that they had influence in the community and then they talk about their child and then they didn't know until <clears throat> they decided to get a, you know a tutor for their child and work with it and it wasn't until the tutor discovered oh yeah their child has dyslexia then found the right program not program the right curriculum that helped them to to push through that barrier and to get it open and now they can do anything they want to do. Now they went from struggling and being one of the kids in the last, you know, to get stuff like I was. First of the class and then moving out of the class because they're really intelligent. This is one thing I like about that article I read. <clears throat> we can be much better readers if we have the right tools. Which means we need the right tools at a young age. Now I believe anybody... If you believe that you have dyslexia and you never got diagnosed and you feel like you have it or you've got tested, yes, you can still learn. You can still overcome it. I have. All right. I'm reading things that I thought I would never read. But I'm also using the tools, my combinations, to help me to understand it. Because I've always been better at understanding stuff when I'm listening instead of reading silently. I find it's better for me to follow along while listening to an audiobook. That's why I love Amazon's narration. <coughs> I can sit there and I can listen to it. Or if my eyes get tired or whatever, I can still listen to the book. So this is what I really like. I also know a lot of people who like to read are also listening to a lot more while they're doing other stuff. So. So don't worry about it. And if someone makes fun of you because you want to listen to an audiobook, tell them to suck on an egg. They don't know what they're talking about. People don't want to see you better yourself for whatever reason. I think that's another thing we have to use. Learn. Alright. The reason why I think reading is important is because of technology. Technology is, besides helping the dyslexics to read and to, to gather information, to understand the information of our world, we need to read to, to use technology. Technology is becoming part of our daily life. I mean, you get a brand new washing machine, state of art, it's computerized. Refrigerator's computerized. I don't know why you need a computerized refrigerator. Um, refrigerator is just... You know, thermostat, anything that's like state of the art, brand new, it's like computerized. And connect Wi Fi, blah, 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 your cell phone. You know what I mean. Smart TV, you know, <clears throat> having a fire stick. We have technology and we need to learn. And technology, using technology requires people to read at some basic level and if you're and if your child cannot read at the basic level your child is not going to be able to use technology very well 
And technology is everywhere. We're not going to be able to get rid of it. Unless something happens like Facebook crashes like it did today. <laughs> so, technology is a part of our lives. And, and we need... So a child needs at least to learn to read on a basic scale. To understand technology. Another reason why it's important for a child to read. Especially with a child with dyslexia. Is... We need to understand what's happening in our world. And that means reading newspapers outside, like uh, from the UK, from France, you know, if it's in English. But getting sources other than from the media in our country. And how you do that is you need to know how to read. Or have the, or, or have the technology with the combinations to help you to read. We know we we just need to know what's going on in our world, and the only way that we're going to know that, besides having a fifteen-minute newscast every night from your local news, or watching one of the other major uh, media corporations, because they only spend so much ten or fifteen minutes, oh, about ten minutes, ten or five minutes on a subject. <coughs> I don't care which corporation you watch. You know, you need. Sometimes if you see a topic, like I have, you know, you need to know how to read so you can find out more about that topic. And find out what's actually going on, just not because some commentator tell you what's going on, or what they think is going on. But to find out for yourself. And the only way you can do that is by reading. And my last point about reading... Is to simply enjoy a good novel or a good story. That's really important. I I see a lot. I I I've talked to a few, quite a few people who are dyslexic and they hate to read, because they hate to read because they remember reading being hard and slow, and they remember all the negativity towards it. They don't have any positive association with reading outside of the classroom. And I think this is very important. This is why I think if you can't afford an iPad, at least get a Kindle that has the reading technology. Don't get the Kindle white crap. Get a Kindle tablet. Alright? I get it. Things are hard. you got to make your choices. But at least that way your child's reading and has the capability to read. To read and follow along. Alright. So, you know... You can also get, you know, an iPhone. Um, I The iPhone's got a really new, up, updated version. I don't know if it works for the iPad. I don't have an iPhone. But they recently upgraded to 15 iOS. I forget what it is. But the new update is this person had an iPhone, and they were, like, reading out of a book, and they took a picture of it. And then you slice it. Highlighted it and then you tapped it and you swiped and it read it to you. It was cool, man. It was cool. It was like a page. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm like, that could be really nifty. I was thinking, man, I was hoping my iPad could do that because I swiped it and it read it and it was really cool. It read what's on the page and it was like, Wow, it was a new update, so it was like free. So you just had to update the 
update your software software and I was like cool I was really excited about that one if you can't tell but that's just another that's another tool in your child's belt to get the information so they can learn and to know what's going on in the world and to show the teacher that they know what's going on but anyway back to the thing but to enjoy stories, to enjoy the love of reading, of finding a book that you really love and you want to read and know what's going on. You know, if a child, I don't care whether the child is not dyslexic or is, if a child doesn't have the love of reading, a child is not going to have the passion for learning. Just to figure out what's going on in their own world and not to accept whoever's telling them a bunch of stuff. <coughs> All right. People need, and how and how you create the love of reading is you find stories that your child can connect to, and and give them an environment that it's okay to be who they are, and then they have an issue, and it's okay to, for them to use accommodations even if they're having trouble at school. And I think one of the best ways for parents is, is you sit down and you read to your child. If you don't even have the money for an iPad or, or a Kindle, <clears throat> or a Kindle tablet, because I know they can be expensive, especially the iPad. The best way you can help your child, if, the best way I think you can help your child is you go down to the local library, you pick out a book for yourself, you go in there and you help him pick out a book that he would like. And maybe he has to pick out a book, you know, a couple of grades from him or whatever. Or you decide to pick out a great, you know, book that he'd like for his age. Read it to him. And tell him there's nothing wrong with it. Read it to him. Because one thing that amazed my teachers when I was in school, when they would read something, I would be the one with the best questions or the best analysis of what was going on. This is what confused them out. Um, I remember one time the librarian was reading a story that I really liked and um, I got really into it. And I remember seeing how everything looked in my mind and all this and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I didn't normally get called on, but for some reason she she called on me and uh, she wanted my thoughts on the matter of what we read. And I told her and everybody looked at me. I was like, I thought I said something wrong. And the, the librarian was really impressed because I didn't normally... I didn't normally say anything, or if I did, I just didn't say a lot. Because it was hard, but I got really into it, and I just was able to express myself very well, because I had the tool to help me. I was listening, and I didn't have to worry about reading and following along and figuring out what word it is, and blah, blah, blah. I didn't have to worry about being called on to read out loud next. I hated that part, but anyway. But I just had to sit there. I didn't have a book, and I just had to sit there in my mind. And I really, and I really liked the story. I actually remember the story. I just don't remember the name of it. Crazy, right? 
and they were they were shocked you know and then and then we had to read a story on paper and then I got the same question well why didn't you put that much material in about it and they got really mad that was like the next thing it was because when I read it when I had to read it silently I couldn't figure out the words I couldn't figure out the meaning or the comprehension because I had to figure out what was the word and how to put the word together and put the sentence instead of enjoying what I was reading. Now, if someone had took me aside and read it out to me, that would have been a different story. But back then, they didn't do that. It was like, well, when we you read stuff out loud, you get it, and why can't you, you know, that was the question. It was like my fault. <coughs> and really, it was their fault, but, you know. And so, growing up in growing up in an environment that you know, I was not wanting to go and read a story. And it was very hard when I did have to read a story to find a story that really gripped me, to make me want to keep reading it because it was hard. And it took me like a long time to read, unless I found something that really gripped me. And then I was like, yeah, I'll read it. But that was. That was very hard. And that was not until I got older, until I started wanting to read. <clears throat> but I had, but I enjoyed stories. I, I loved stories and I liked it. And I, and I wish that was one of the things that my parents would have done for me on not knowing what was going on because back in the day they didn't do that, but would have just read me some more stuff despite my age because I think that would have helped a whole lot more to get it but I had the joy you know but I have because I always wanted to be a writer I've had the love of reading and love of stories and how characters develop and this and that I've always loved that and that's what drove me and I think that's what that's one of the reasons why Besides having, you know, besides having dyslexia, it's one of the things that's really compelled me to keep learning and keep doing and keep doing things. The love of reading, the love of reading gave me the passion for keep learning. Because you can't have one without the other. That's my thing. Because learning requires reading. And you have to have the joy of reading to understand things. And if a child with dyslexia does not have that, they're going to struggle in a lot of different ways. And it's really hard for me to, like, really describe what ways they would be. But they would be in their career, being stuck in poverty, and maybe going into a life of crime, getting into drugs, making the wrong choices because they feel trapped and there's nothing else for them to do. I've seen it. Are getting pregnant at an early age. I mean, there's all sorts of things, and I don't think I don't think there's enough of people like me talking about this stuff and making parents and educators aware that it's important because if you don't reach them now and tell them it's okay to use accommodations, 
and give them the love of learning and the passion for give them for the love of reading and the passion for learning they're not going to grow and not in the ways that they should and and help them fight the negativity of being that's another thing I can talk about too negativity but it all starts by giving the giving a child the love of learning the love not love of learning but the love of reading uh, I don't care if the child's dyslexic or not but especially if the child is, is dyslexic the love of reading needs to be instilled and you may have to fight with your child to get them to sit down and listen to a story and you may have to fight and you may want to pull out your hair and scream and all that but when that child is an adult and living out on his own and make and having the career that the child wants then it's all worth it these battles will be worth it and that's what I think parents need to look not just what's going on but the long-term outlook of where they want their child at when their child is ready to make their own life have a career start a family because the decisions you make now will will eventually affect your grandchildren and I don't think we think like that anymore what kind of world do we want you know what kind of world do we want our grandchildren to live what kind of things that we want to install into our children and that way they will teach their children we used to think like that but we don't anymore I don't know why anyway so that's what I want to talk about I want to talk about technology reading the love of reading uh, why reading is important and I think I covered what I wanted to talk about without <coughs> going too many rabbit trails and I have a feeling this is going to be another long podcast I'm, I've been trying to keep it down but that's okay I can always come back to it so anyway well I am going to leave it from there um, my next segment I'm going to talk uh, I'm going to talk about my hand and what's going on with that I'm going to keep that. I'm going to try to keep that statement under 15 minutes, but I don't know. So, anyway, so I will see you in the next segment. And thank you for listening to segment one on dyslexia and what it is and why reading is important. And I hope it was very helpful to you. Um, if you'd like to contact me, please contact me through my website, alexandermars.com, through the contact information. Um, if not, you, my ad, my uh, email address is alexandermarsthewriter at aol.com. Like I said, if you can't remember that, you can always go through my contact information on my website, alexandermars.com. And I will catch you in the next segment. Right, in my second segment, I want to talk about what's going on with my right hand. And so let me read my little introduction. It says, so what happens when you go to your doctor and your doctor's expectation does not match reality? That's what happened to me last week when I went to see my hand surgeon. 
Now I am facing a life-altering decision about my right hand. Alrighty, people. Hopefully that explains what's going on. Like I said in my my first segment, I have rheumatoid arthritis, basically from the jaw down. There's a joint, it has it. And it's always been worse on the right side than the left side. I don't know why. I think it started on the right side first and then moved to the left. Um, that's what I think. I don't know. It's just been one of those things. But anyway. So. I also. This. Um, this past summer, I was also diagnosed with duplicans contracture, and basically means the muscles in my pinky, my right, and my ring finger, and my middle finger, the muscles are contracting and forcing my fingers to go down and to bend into my palm. <coughs> and it also creates tumors on the attendant. Yeah, the long tendon in the palm of the hand, and which is happening to me. So I also have joint damage in my knuckles. Um, so my fingers don't go completely straight anyway. So basically, I've been in therapy since most of the summer. I've been in therapy at least two months and because I was sick in September I missed like two two or three sessions I forget oh, I forget how many I missed um, and it completely messed me up about doing my exercises at home and all this because I was coughing and spitting up stuff and grabbing stuff and all that stuff and I was actually worried when I went back to my last therapy appointment that I was afraid that my hand kind of went downhill a little bit because I noticed how I, I was going back in the old way of using my hand and I had to stop myself. And before I got sick, I wasn't doing that. But it turned out that I actually got more joint movement back, which I was surprised. I was going to take it. So, so my therapist was really happy about that. And then I went to see my hand doctor. I was not happy. And I'm still not happy. And I might get a little emotionally upset. And some words may come out of my mouth that I don't typically use. But I feel where I'm in control of myself. So I will see. Mm -hmm. I have no way to go beep. Unless I do it myself. So, anyway, so I had my appointment, and I had, like, in September, I had to reschedule my appointment. No, it was the last day in August I had to schedule because they called, they called back and said that um, the doctor was going to be out of, the, out of the office until the 9th of September, and they wanted me to come on the 9th. And because of other issues going on in my family, I couldn't do it. So I had to go, so I took an appointment like a week later after the 9th on the 16th. Well, because I was so sick, and because I went back to my family doctor, 
and because of their protocols, I had to get tested for COVID again after being tested like a week after later of COVID. That was crazy. And so, because I was tested for COVID, I couldn't go to therapy, and I couldn't go to see the doctor because they gave me a piece of paper and told me I had to wait, which I knew I didn't have COVID. <laughs> but I had to follow the protocols, and I did. So I to be to be on the safe side, I you know canceled my appointments and stuff like that. Just told them I was sick. I didn't really want to go into like if it's being tested for COVID. Um, I, and the reason I didn't didn't tell my doctor's office is because I knew I didn't have COVID because the first test I had told me it was negative. It was just a really bad sinus infection that moved down in my lungs and was causing my asthma to flare up. It's crazy. So anyway, so I, missed, so I missed that appointment and I had to push it back until the end of September. So I went in there. I was only in his office for less than 30 minutes, like 10, 15 minutes to see him. And he's like, he looked at my hand and, and said, well, point blank, I don't see no improvement. Alright? I've never had a doctor to tell me that in my whole entire life. Now, this is why I don't like hand surgeons. Not hand surgeons. This is why I don't like surgeons. Because surgeons basically are... They have two ways of thinking. It's either therapy or surgery. And if surgery don't work, it's therapy. I was mad. And then he was asking me about, well, what do I think? And I'm sitting there going... And I was in shock. And so I wasn't really thinking. I was processing everything. And I'm like... And I told him, I said, I wanted, I wanted this put for my left hand because he's noticing some things. And he's like, oh, that's fine. And I'm like, cool. And, um, <coughs> and I told him I was using my hand a lot more. My right, I'm right-handed. I'm using it. I have confidence. I feel comfortable when I pick up things. I didn't used to. Before therapy, I sure didn't. And I'm picking up my glasses with my right hand without even thinking about it. This and that. Um, it was like, he didn't really care. And he's like, well, it's really up to you. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's up to me. You're not going to... I'm sitting there going, yeah, it's up to me. I mean, I got questions about surgery. But anyway. And then I was talking to him about the tumors because my tumors are growing and so I'll tell you why I'm I'm confused not confused why I'm mad I am a little I, I am a little confused about some things alright this is 21 alright Christmas of last year of 2020 I noticed that um, around Christmas time, I noticed I had a little bump to come up inside of my palm under, underneath my third finger of my hand on the tendon. Alright, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. And I noticed what it was doing and how it was affecting the finger a little bit. So, I had, so in January, I had, I was seeing my rheumatologist because I see my, when I, I get my erinsia. Every three months, 
I get a set of new appointments for three months, and then at the at the third month, <clears throat> I see my rheumatologist. That's that's the way they do it. That's that's the way my rheumatologist does it. And it's very similar to other rheumatologists. Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's four. But I think three is the is the magic number for most rheumatologists when they have a patient getting an infusion on, on a biologic. So <clears throat> I showed it to her, told her my concerns about it, and she said, "Well, maybe you just need a, an injection that the so the doctor can do, or maybe you need surgery." Well, she said surgery, not just put me off. And I told her I didn't want to go see another doctor. I didn't want surgery. <laughs> that's that's a story within itself. But so so then it started growing, and I noticed another one growing underneath the middle of it. And I decided, well, maybe I need to have a hand surgeon look at it. So I told my I went back and told my hand I told my therapist, not my therapist. I told my rheumatologist. I wanted to see the other doctor that she recommended and so she sent the order and got set up seeing him and then he recommend therapy yeah because I had changed my therapy my I had even changed my uh, appointment in August because my therapist was on vacation and she was gone before I could get in and so she wanted me to cancel it and reschedule on down and have stuff. So it was just really crazy. So, so anyway, so I've been like really working hard in therapy and wearing my splints and, and doing stuff. When September came, it just, <laughs> everything went out the window. And right before I got sick, I got a new splint that I was that I'm supposed to wear and do exercises with my hand. And because I was so sick, I didn't feel like doing it because I was coughing way too much. I mean, if you if you've heard some of my past episodes from late August to early to September, I was a whole lot worse when I wasn't broadcasting or podcasting because <coughs> I actually took stuff before I was podcasting. But still, but. So, I, I've been through all this stuff, and there's definitely improvement. I'm using my finger. I can put my hand on my mouse. Uh, because before that, when I would put my hand on my mouse, the muscles in here would get, would get really tight, and I could feel it. And then I finally would stretch them out, and it would be okay. And if I didn't use my mouse right away, my fingers would go right back in the same position again. And so, there's been improvement, a lot of improvement. Uh, the splints have helped. I have three splints. I have one for resting. I have and one for exercising to get the tendons in my fingers to straighten. And then I have one. I then I have a new one that's got stuff that my cat likes wants to chew on because it's got fish wire, fishing wire on it. <laughs> yeah, I had to put that up <coughs> because of my cat. Love my cat. But even though sometimes he can be a pain, but he keeps me on my toes. Lord gave me a cat to keep me on my toes. And that's what he does. That's his mission in life, and he does it very well. So, 
but September came and it's just, like I said, everything just kind of went on. I have not done any writing. I've just I've been stuff. I've I'm still tired. I'm trying to get back in my routine and not taking a nap during the day because I want to do other stuff. I'm just it's just t- whatever I that science infection just wore me out, and I'm just trying to get back into a normal routine and. And I think part of it, the reason why I'm taking naps is during the day is because I think my joints are hurting and I don't realize it. I'm not in that much pain. Or I might be in more pain than I think I am. I don't know. It's a possibility. But it's like, it's hard for me. To, I'm just trying to get out of it. And it's just, it's just been, I when I'm so sick for so long, it's just really hard. That's why I don't like getting that sick. But I did. And you're asking yourself, what happens to this with my hand? Well, I don't think the doctor's seen the improvement because for one thing, I got sick. He didn't ask about how I was doing. He's a surgeon. I get it. He's got people, places to see. The one thing that I got mad is, and I'm really upset, it was like his first reaction when he seen my hand was that. There was, there was no improvement for him, okay? The finger is going back a whole lot more. I never realized what he wanted. And what he wants is for me to lay down my, put down my hand and to have my hand lay flat on a table and have my fingers be straight. Because you can pull it back and you can get the muscle out. Ouch! I tried doing that with my finger. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I need my rinse to Ouch. That hurt. And I barely touched it. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, they're stiff and sore. Yeah. I'm about ready to cry, folks. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell in people's ears. That's life with rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to call my rheumatologist's office tomorrow. Alright. I'm sorry about that, folks. I'm sorry, but... I'm working with my fingers, and... I was trying to get it back all the way, and it won't do that because my joints are stiff and sore. Now I'm wants to go back, but it's not liking it. Okay. Something I need to make a mental note after I get done podcasting for my therapist. Yeah. But anyway, but basically, when I was saying before, I pulled my fingers back and hurt them and realized how much they're hurting now. Yeah. I'm telling you, finger pain with rheumatoid arthritis is not the greatest fun to have, okay? <clears throat> and if I left everything alone, I would not be feeling the pain. Urgh. <coughs> but anyway. So, basically, he wants, he wants a straight finger. Alright, that's impossible because my fingers have been like this for years. I don't remember the last time that my fingers were straight. 
probably when I was a younger woman. All right. I don't care about having looking normal fingers because the way my joints are now, they're not going to be normal. I think my joints are also playing in the factor that my fingers won't be straightened. Yes, you can push my finger all the way back when I don't have pain from the RA and I have a lot of, I have a lot of function. And that's great. Alright, I, I, that's wonderful. So it gives me hope that therapy will work eventually getting the function back. Maybe not, I don't know. Or give me more function. I have more function. I'm using my right hand more. I'm, I'm leaving my left hand alone and using my right. For an example, when I go in and get a, when I open the refrigerator door, I'm not using, because I used to use my index, my index finger and my thumb to open the refrigerator door and not, and had the other, and had the other three fingers and a fist. Now I don't do that. Now if I catch myself doing it like I've done the last few days, I will stop myself and I will straighten out my fingers as the best of my ability because I can straighten them out if I have something. That's the, see this is the iPod. I can straighten my fingers out if I have them on something. But if I tell my fingers to straighten out, they don't do it. So that's the odd thing about the situation. But I have function and that's what I want. He wants straight fingers. I want function. My fingers do work. And they do what I need to do now. And then they used to. I do see improvement. My therapist asked me what kind of ther you know, what kind of improvement you see. And I'm sitting there going, uh, I use my hand a lot more. But they want prosthetics and I just can't give them prosthetics. Right then on the spot. My brain don't work that way. But I do. I can pick up things. I can straighten and grab things. Um, I can grab silverware better. I can open up the refrigerator handle a whole lot better than I used to. I'm not relying on my left arm as much. Um, I'm picking up uh, when I go to the restaurant. Yeah, after I got done eating, I went to the rest. I went to a restaurant, and. Um, and I was sitting at a little table and everything was on the right side and I was grabbing the I was grabbing the ketchup for my hash browns. Yes, I love putting ketchup under my hash browns. <coughs> and normally I use my left quite a bit for that, but where I was sitting I was using my right and I was just noticing that I felt comfortable being in the crowded space with very little room and I felt comfortable picking up stuff with my right hand and I normally wouldn't have been doing that. Um this and that. Um, glasses, you know, and I'm drinking something, I sometimes been, I've been using my right hand picking up stuff. Um, now people's pointed that out to me at home. Well, the other payment member that lives here, but has been pointing that out to me and yeah, and I've seen it too. Um, I, I went out with my family the other day and uh, I asked anybody with re one in a refill and, uh, and, the, and the person that joined us said yeah he wanted a refill and uh, so I carried so I went down and I carried I had my and I had my drink in my left hand and I had his drink in my right hand now 
in spring when I used to do that I used to carry one at a time because I could not carry anything in my right hand and if I did carry something in my right hand I was afraid I was going to spill it because I did not have the strength in my right hand because I got very clumsy in my right hand and didn't know why and now I do so so yeah I got function back in it so so why do I say so anyway let me get back to the doctor office I'm trying to keep this a short segment but I don't think that's gonna be possible so so basically in the short doctor visit and I hate wearing masks to a doctor's visit I really do but anyway that's another story he basically said I have two months um, he wants me to go to therapy twice a month I don't know if I can afford that right now he wants me to go twice a week for therapy <laughs> I really don't know that's even feasible anyway and I come back end of November and then he says if there's any improvement we're doing surgery and I just looked at him. Alright, I'm in shock. I'm going through all this. He didn't really answer my questions about the tumors, why they're growing. He was more concerned about the movement in my finger and getting my finger straight. I could care less about the finger. As long as I can move it and do a fist and grab things, I'm okay. It's the tumors that are growing. Because my because my therapist, the last time I seen her, talked to me about the the, the Kerrigan, oh, is it called Kerrigan or collagen, 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 collagen? All right. See the tumors that are growing on supposedly that are growing on my tend my tendon cord or whatever is because they're forming because of the keratin that's found in your skin and your hair. What makes your hair grow? If I'm saying that word right, and if I'm not, please forgive me. It's just. I don't hear that word that often. So, and so she's wondering because they are growing. Because now it's going to be about a year around Christmas. And now I have wonderful three tumors. I have the first one, the bottom one, and now I have a little bitty one growing on top. <coughs> and I'm about ready to go get a second opinion because I want to make sure what's growing is not cancer. I've had cancer. I've had cancer of the thyroid. And I've had relatives on both sides of my parents that have cancer. And last thing I don't need is a cancer diagnosis because you get RA and cancer. So it's not a good combo. So I'm thinking about getting a second opinion. I'm not going to lie about that. I want to make sure I got what they say I got. Uh, my therapist is pretty well. Um, pretty well. Saying. See, what I was hoping for when I went in, that he would be happy that I'm happy with the improvement in my hand. And instead of doing surgery, that he would give me some type of injection because I've been reading the stuff online. That they can give injections into the things, like a thing. And there you go. And he didn't want to do that because he wants a straight finger. Straight fingers. Well, I got news for him. It ain't going to happen. 
So, I have been advised by my family to talk to my uh, therapist when I go back this week. That's what I'm planning on doing. Now, why do I say this is a life, why I'm hesitant about surgery and why this would change my life? Okay. I will tell you why, and I will be frank about it, because I don't think enough people talk about this stuff. And you're probably sitting there going, I've had the surgery. Well, guess what? Um, I've had complications to anesthesia. I may not wake up from the operating table. I may go straight to heaven. Yeah. I've had some issues with anesthesia. And and like I said, I have I have TMJ, which is caused from the arthritis, probably. I haven't fully diagnosed but that's my diagnosis from stuff I've read and what I deal with. So my jaw doesn't open all the way and you try to put a breathing tube. That's one reason why I got fully vaccinated. Because I know if I got COVID, um, I would not be put on a ventilator because of my opening. I've just, I've come to that realization. And if they did, if they did put, and if they were able to find a skilled doctor that was willing to do it, doesn't mean I wake up. So anyway, but so there, there's that. There's those issues and the stuff that's happened to me last few years being put under, and then also too is he gets in there and he finds out he moves the tumors and then the tendon and then he goes in and checks the joint and whatever and fixes the tendons in there and my joints and then finds the joints. What else is he going to do? I don't want to wake up him replace my joints and restructure my hand to make it a more functional hand in his mind. And then I lose all my function. And then I have to gain it back and I have the function that I once did before surgery. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm facing with. I just want the tumors removed. I want something done to something injected in the tumors for them to stop growing. That's what I want. I don't really care about having straight fingers. And I might just have to tell them point blank. I don't care about having straight fingers. I care about having function. If I can pick up things, because I'm dominantly right-handed, folks. I use my right hand a lot. And with the shape that it is. I think that's what people look at me like, you, you, yeah, I'd be the, no, well, I'm right-handed. I mean, I do use my left hand. Basically, I tell my therapist, what my right can't do, my left does. And what my left can't do, my right does. <coughs> and actually, my right's been doing a lot more lately. So that's been really good, especially with my left shoulder, the way what, what my left shoulder's been trying to do lately. And that I may have to have surgery on. I haven't really talked about it. It's just one of those things eventually I may have to have surgery on it. <sighs> but not right now. So, anyway. That's why I say it's life-altering. This is like a crisis point because now my doctor's wanting this and wanting that and I'm just like, no. And that may, 
and this may mean that I may have to have a different doctor and find another doctor that will give me the order to keep on doing therapy for a while. Um, therapy has very been beneficial. I went into therapy not sure what they were going to be able to do. I kept an open mind about it. It was the same way about my back. I wasn't sure. And it did help. It helped tremendously. And so is it right hand. And I think the best solution right now is since I have the function, we know I have the function and I'm getting function back in my fingers that it's going to take some time. And I think the best thing is just keep going to therapy. Doing my exercises at home, wearing the splints, doing what I need to do. And if the tumors become really necessarily, which I believe eventually I'm going to have to have the tumors out. It's just not having anything else done to my hand. So, yeah. And another thing, too, I'm going to tell people, you break my wrist and break my fingers while you're in surgery, I'm going to sue the butts off of you. Because people just like to push on them and it's just like, no. It's like what I did. I just gently pushed my finger back and it's just like... And it's still telling me it didn't like that. So... Yeah, I'm looking at it, you know, if I have the surgery, they go in there and they find the joints are um, disintegrated or just to the point that they can't hold the tendons and they decide to, to do different stuff on there and, and I come out wearing things on my fingers and all that. I, I've seen people, now I've seen people who have surgery and what they can't do and what they can and how their hand is and how long it takes them. Even a normal person that just had something to happen to them. It's a mess. And now I can just about imagine me with having an RA and having my hand in one position and fingers. Oh, goodness gracious. I probably wouldn't want to be around myself. So, you know, I'm more like let's just fix the tumors, keep going to therapy. Um, I'm willing to pay for the therapy because I think it's working and I think I eventually would get back. Um, being sick has really put me off about a month. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking about maybe for the next few weeks going twice a week. I don't know. I've talked to my therapist. I'm going to give my therapist peace of mind when I think about the doctor. She's probably going to tell me, you're not the only one. But, no, I like my therapist. And, you know, and honestly, I do like my doctor. He's a, he's a very good... He's one of the best in my area. I just... I didn't like how he handled stuff. I've never had a doctor to look at me and going, well, if you wanted a straight finger, you should have told me. I think I'm going to put in my notes. But that ain't going to happen. I had a straightened finger years ago and it went away. And another thing too is, especially my two fingers, I've seen a lot of, I've seen some pictures of, of especially women that had, or they, you know, they, they say that they had uh, RA from childhood at an early age or when they're teenagers. And I look at their hands and their hands are about similar like to mine. And 
how the fingers are bent and going under and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, and I think some of it too is the reason my fingers are not straight. It's not all the duplicates contracture. I think part of it is just simply the RA and then the joint damage. And another thing I got, one of my one of my uh, recordings when I was talking about this, I also think I've got nerve damage a little bit in my hand. Um, the way my wrist looks now, and if you press that, I, I had my, one time my cat got mad at me. <laughs> my cat don't like to be held. He's that kind of cat. Nope, you're not holding me. He'll bite. And, um, and he bit on, he bit, he bit on the, he bit where I have the joint damage. Because he got mad, and he bit. And he bit down because he was super mad. I forget what I was doing. I think I was trying to hold him or pick him up. He don't like to be picked up or held, and so he, he bites. And the reason that he bites, okay, he's he's the clod. He came that way, people. I didn't do that to my cat, all right? So I don't want no hate mail about why my cat's the clod. His first owner did that. Not me. <clears throat> And yes, I chose a cat that was the clod because I understood what they need. And I knew he, I knew that my cat would be an indoor cat. And if he was going to be an outdoor, he was going to go on a harness and leash, which he hates. So he's, he stays indoors. And he's got the best life. And so <clears throat> this is one of the... <clears throat> and they talk about cats that have behavioral issues after being the claw yeah because he bites because he doesn't have claws so he doesn't slap he just goes for the kill because of that so that's why my cat bites and I know this and I know what he doesn't like well, this was back when I first had him when I was learning this thing and he did not like to be picked up now he's better about it but no not back then but no he he got mad at me. I think I was taking him to my room or something so he could lay on my bed. And he bit down. And he bit down on, on, on the place on my wrist where, where my hand and my wrist connect. And he bit down on that area. And oh, my hand went numb. Because he bit on it. And it just, my whole hand, my finger, my hand, my pinky, my, um, my middle, my ring finger, and my middle finger. And I lost part of sensation in my index finger and my thumb. I still had feeling there, but but the palm, oh, my hand went numb. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, no. And um, I forget how he, he got a hold of it, but he did it. He bit. And, um, but when he let go... I had the sensation to come back, but something, so, so that told me when he did that, and when he did that, that there's a nerve in there, and that nerve is hitting, you hit that nerve in there, and, yeah, um, you hit, you hit that nerve, and that nerve sent all the other little nerves, like, we ain't doing nothing. That was, that was very scary. So, yeah. 
but that's why that's why I think I've got nerve damage. Not because of my cat. I think I've got nerve damage because of the way my deformities are happening and how they're trying to go inward, like my elbow. Um, I can also, when I wear my one splint I have that exercises my fingers all the way down. When I wear it, I can feel it and I can feel the muscles working all the way down. So I, I think there's a lot of... If I do have surgery, there's a lot of discussions because I think there's a lot more going happening in my hand just besides the duplicate contraction. I think the way my fingers are and the muscles, how they attach to my elbow and how my elbow feels. Because I get pain in my one finger and we start working and it runs all the way down and goes into my elbow. And so, and I know there's damage in my elbow. I can feel it. Like I said, it's worse on the right side. And this is why I'm really hesitant for surgery because I don't want to be open up on an operating table and they find like, like, they go, oh crap. <laughs> There's a lot more damage than we realized. So, yeah. And I don't really have the money for all that wonderful repair job when my hand's working just fine and I'm dealing with life with it. So, so yeah. Yeah, just another one. Now, before I let you guys go onto the next subject, um, so my therapist has been working with me trying to get my fingers straight. Yeah, would I like straight fingers? Absolutely. But is it a real? Is it a real? Is it a real? A realistic option? I don't think so. I know how long my hand's been. I'm more like, can I grab things, hold things, and not have to worry if I'm holding a box of cereal that's not going to fall out of my hand like it used to. Or if I'm washing dishes. If I'm holding a wet dish, I don't have to worry. Or a glass, which I've done. Go boom! Let it go because for whatever, my hand got tired or whatever. I had that happen. And I had to buy a whole new set of glasses. As I felt so bad because it was just like let it go. It's like I was holding a one minute dry and getting a dry and it went boom right in the sink. And I think I also cut myself looking for pieces of glass. So, you know, that's my life. You know, that's my life. I mean, I've been cooking more and using my hand and feel more comfortable about cooking. And I did not realize that was affecting my cooking, making stuff. I did not realize that until I started, started cooking again a little bit more often. You know, so this is like I said, this is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at functionality. I'm not, I'm not looking having perfectly straight fingers. If I can get more movement and get my fingers straighter, I'm all for it. Through therapy, not through surgery. Because I'm afraid if they open me up and really look into it, even if they took the tumors, there's like a whole lot more damage. I think they'd find out in my hand and how it all affects my tendons and then how would that affect my range of motion because now we know we have I have the range of motion it's just getting it telling my fingers to be straight you know especially the ring finger the ring finger don't want to work and you know it's possibly that the tendons have fallen down my my uh, my therapist was explaining it to me 
one thing and then I have to be physically put back on and I'm like well then would the joint be able to take care of it because the joint is damaged I mean you can look at my hand and tell the joints are damaged um, so it's just it's just the questions and I didn't really particularly and it didn't really really help of this life altering decision to get therapy or not to get there not to get therapy but to get surgery not to get surgery therapy I'm, I'm for therapy by the way I use the wrong words sometimes and I don't know why so it's just part of being dyslexic so it didn't really help the doctor's attitude about everything and not really listening to me and that's what I felt like and I think when I go back I'm just gonna tell him that I didn't appreciate that the first thing he said to me was there's no improvement he wants a straight finger. I want functionability. And I still have it. And you open me up on my hand. Who knows what you're going to find. And then how much is it going to cost? That's another thing too. People don't. Doctors don't realize. Is I have to choose where my money goes. Does my money go on paying my bills. For the rheumatologist. To protect all my joints. Or do I use most of my money. On something that. It's sort of like 50-40 chance. And then who knows what might go wrong on the operating table. I've had that happen too. So I'm not I'm not a huge fan of ther uh, surgery. I'm, you know, I got my qualms about it. I mean, I will go under the knife if I need to. I might have to do that for my shoulders eventually. <clears throat> um... I don't really want to do that, but then I have to. For my hand, my hand's a lot more complicated. Now, it, now let me put it this way. Now, if I suddenly lost function in my hand, and I went to another hand surgeon, and they said, well, the only way to get it really bad, to get some of it back would be surgery, I would be all for it. But I still have functionability. I can use my hand. I'm okay. I'm okay not having straight fingers. I really don't care anymore. And if people want to look at my hand and go, ooh, what's, and figure it out, that's fine. I don't really care. Um, I, I don't really care. It's not about appearance for me, it's about functionality and keeping my independence on down the road. That's what I want to do. So anyway, so that's what I'm facing now about having surgery. Um, the next, my next step is to talk to my therapist and see what she has to say. I have an idea of what she has to say, but after reading the doctor's notes, she may have she might change her mind. But I'm gonna tell her what I think. So she'll listen to me. I like her. We may not just, we may not agree on this subject, but I think we will, because I know what we've talked about in the past. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I'm going to talk about Supergirl and my third and final subject, subject segment. Forgive me, I'm using wrong words again. Probably because of the joint pain. And then. 
I, that will be it. So I want to thank you once again for uh, listening to the segment. If it's the only one, I appreciate it. Um, like I said, you can find out more what's going on with me uh, at my website, alexandermars.com. Also, you can contact me through my website. Like I said, alexander.com. Use contact. Also, you can uh, email me directly at my email address. It is alexandermars, the writer, at aol.com. I know it's long. <clears throat> but anyway. So, you can also find me on Twitter at ace... Oh, what is my Twitter handle? You know, I need to memorize my Twitter handle. Yeah. I'm, let's see. It is AM at Storytelling on Twitter. So basically put in AM, AM like A for Alexander, Mars, you know, put AM Storytelling. That's my Twitter at my, uh, at stuff. So, there you go. So, anyway. So, that's what I want to talk about for... I'm trying to get back to my notes. And I will talk about Supergirl in the next... Segment 3. Toodle! Welcome to the third segment, and I will be discussing Supergirl. Alrighty, <clears throat> so what do I think about the final season of Supergirl? It's been a disaster. It's my opinion. I will read you what I, what I wrote. Alright. <clears throat> Season 6 of Supergirl has already been a disaster in my opinion. I am a huge fan of the series and I the series and I've always, and I still like it. And I've always liked it from the beginning. I've always liked it from the beginning. And I still and I still like it. However, the storyline just stinks. I'm beginning to believe that they should be calling Supergirl Super Friends because we see more of the supporting cast than we do the main character of the show. It's just crazy. I mean, we have episodes about the supporting cast and, and there's no Supergirl. You know? I mean, in, in, like in the beginning of the you know the season, they had the supporting cast when Supergirl, I, you know, was in the prison colony of... Uh, Krypton. The Phantom Zone. That's right. She was in the Phantom Zone. And where they put the criminals. You know, I mean, they had that. And, you know, I was hoping after she got back and rescued that they would have her show her a little bit more being Supergirl like they used to. But they know they're still focusing on Super, you know, on, on the cast. And it's like, why don't you just call the show Super Friends? Get it over with. You know, and they're not really pushing Kara's character to develop that much. That's another thing I don't, I don't like. They had in the last episode when they introduced the new superhero guardian, 
and some of the issues they were talking about. It was really, you know, I think they really messed up. I'm not talking about the political stuff they were talking about, but the way that they um, rung it. You know, I think if Super, if I think Supergirl had found out that Nixie uh, did not have all her her magic in that one crystal ball with the, to find the totems and that the people were blocking it because the people had the magic you know and then what was going on with the political stuff I think that would have made a far more impact than the way they, they handled that that's my opinion so I think if Supergirl would have felt the cost of that decision I think that would have made a more of an impact and just had it between Guardian and and her and trying to figure out what was the right thing to do. I think that would have been interesting. You know, and the reason I say this, it's easy to do the right thing when it doesn't affect you or that you have to face the consequences. You know, and still doing the right thing and still pay the consequences of that. That was my thing because after they found that out, I'm sitting there going, why didn't they find that out interesting and figure out what it was? Why was the people still affected? I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I just felt like it would have been better if there was if Supergirl and her friends understood the consequences of that decision that they had to make I think that would have been more of a powerful impact statement that they wanted to make than they did. That's my opinion. But no, they chose to go down a different road. Um, I thought the episode was interesting. Um... This and that, you know, but I'm not going to get into that, but I just, I just felt like, you know, if you really wanted, you really wanted to hit that message home, it had to hit home with Supergirl and not Supergirl's friends. So, you know, you know, it's, it's like the show lost its focus on the main character and what storyline they should be about. And how does it fit in with the, with the supporting cast within the plot line? I just find myself counting down the episodes until it's done. And it's the truth. That was one of the things that I wrote. It's like, they pick, like each episode, they pick Supergirl and then how long Supergirl is going to be in there. And then they focus on a other cast, cast member. And figure out, unless it's, you know, about Supergirl and, and Nixie. And I think last week's episode. No, because I haven't finished that one yet because the CW stopped working on me. I got so mad. And now this week's was about Lena and uh, Supergirl working together. And Lena just seen about what she found out about her mother being a witch. I'm just like, really? I think that just put me over the edge for this season. I'm like, really? I'm like, Really? <laughs> and she has magical powers too! 
who could I'm like really just like no <laughs> just like no make it stop make it stop okay alright let me read you what I wrote about Lena Luther because I really I really like this character and I hate what they've done to her another thing I don't like about this season is what they did to the character Lena Luther since they wronged Lena, they've always been hinting around that she might turn to the dark side. You know, go evil against Supergirl. Go against Supergirl. Kara has always said that there's not evil and that she wants to go she wants to do good and pe prove people wrong about and prove people wrong about her because her last name is Luther. And that's very true. She's always stated that in previous you know she doesn't know how to do good. But she wants to do good and sometimes she ends up doing the wrong thing. She gives in, you know, she gives in to her impulses. But she always wants to do the right thing and she ends up doing, most, you know, she, when the time comes, the crucial time, she ends up doing the right thing. She's had a hard life, if you know the backstory of Lena Luther. Lena. So, and I have always believed that why she always battles and what she was right you know she battles what she was raised against is always what she wants to do is because I always believe that the goodness always came from her mother you know fighting the the way she was raised against her set her her stepmother and then what her half-brother did if you don't know the backstory of Lena Luther Lena Luther was officially adopted by the Luthers when she was five but she's actually the love child. If, I hate the word love child, but she's in a child of affair of of her father and her mother. Her mother died when she was five, and she watched her mother die. I don't know if it was in a lake or liver, but she watched her mother. She watched her mother die, and she couldn't help her mother. And so after her mother's death, her father, I forget what they called him Mr. Luther, took her in and just basically told his family that she was here to stay and his wife didn't like it because she knew he, she was a product of an affair. But when she sat down and played chess against Lex Luther, who was about 13 or 14 at the time, and she was five, she started beating him. She was winning. She started and so and so her her future adopted mother, which basically found out this her stepmother later on, took that as a sign and, and took her in. But she always had a hard life. But Lena always had a hard life, especially with her mother and her brother. <coughs> not not much was not said about um, what happened to Mr. Luther, but I think he died or something. But, so, so they've always, they've always played with the notion throughout the seasons that she may go bad, or she may, or she may get even, or she may do this or that. And, um, they've, They've played this out throughout the seasons, and it's getting kind of old. And so finally, 
um, she's come to grips with Supergirl's identity because Kara and her were close. She didn't know that Supergirl was Kara. I don't know how someone that intelligence couldn't figure it out, but anyway, that's alright. And so they wrestled, she wrestled that, and she tried to get even back with Supergirl, with Kara. And so finally she's come to terms with that. They've come to terms and they've made up. And now she's part of the team. So so when this when the season opens for the last, you know, the half last of the season opens, she's like she's in a good place. She wants to find out more about her mother. Um, she was never allowed to when she was growing up. She was like, Yeah, I wanna go find out. And so she goes back to Ireland. I never knew her mother was from Ireland. That was interesting. I didn't know that. But anyway. So they go back and they find out she's from Ireland. She, her mother goes to Ireland. She goes to the village where her mother was supposedly born and raised or lived at. And start asking around about her. And the townspeople just threw a fit. She got thrown out of the, the little inn she was staying when they found out who she was. And when she started asking about her. They threw her out. Um, she found a pub and the the woman almost threw her out and she's like, I don't know anything. I was, you know, my mother died and blah blah blah. And got really nasty with her. This and that. And I was so disappointed in that because this young woman needed a win about her family. She's smart. She's intelligent. Uh, she's smart. She's ambitious. She takes risks and, you know, she uses her money, her wealth wisely. And she tries to help other people now. And I'm like, she's in a good place. And why do you have to destroy it that her mother was just some type of evil thing? Come on. Really? Give the woman a break. She was wasting a crazy family. I was just like, really? You really had to do this to Lena. One of the characters I really like... And I've kind of been rooting for her. And I'm like, now what are you going to do? Make her evil? And she fights against Supergirl? And she teams up with Nixie? Really? Just like... I'm just like... Really? <laughs> I'm just like... I'm just shaking my head like, hell no. <laughs> Just like, no. But, I'm just like, no. So now, and so now she founds out that her mom was a very powerful witch. And now she is, she's inherited the same abilities and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, now she's fighting to get science because she grew up in a, in a house of science and blah, blah, blah. And, you know. And I'm just like, and now Nixie has this dream about ravens in a cage. And I think it's pointing to Lena. And I'm just like, really? Are we going down that road where you're going to make Nina evil against her will? And try to destroy Supergirl? I'm just like, really? I'm so tired of that storyline. And I really like Lena because I think she's a character that's come a long way and she could go a long way of using her skills to help Supergirl and the others to fight evil villains. Um, you know, she's pretty resourceful. 
So, I mean, I, I like her. And now to have the storyline, I don't like the storyline. I think it's terrible. I mean, I understand they want to do something, but I'm like, she couldn't find out something nice about her mother. Or, or, or her, she, or find out her mother was a keeper of something. That was something good. No, 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 no. We have to make her something else. And she had to accidentally kill a guy and, and got run out of town. And I'm just like, Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. I I just I'm just like, no. And now Lena's dealing with all this stuff. I don't know. It, it's just crazy. I don't I'm not liking the storyline. I'm like I said, I'm just like counting down the episodes. I'm like, are we getting are we there yet? Are we there yet? Um, I think the writing could, it's not the writing I think it's the direction that who's ever in charge of the show wants to take it and I think it's the wrong direction I think they need to be focusing on Supergirl I you know I've seen them do better um, if they wanted to do this with Lena they should have did it another way um <coughs> You know, and now they're finding totems and all this stuff, and I'm just, I'm just, um, I don't know. It's not, you know, and then another thing I got mad is, you know, they had her dad, and when they were in the Phantom Zone, and then they finally get out, like he's in one episode, and then he decides at the end of it, he wants to go to Argus, and to reestablish a relationship with Kara. Kara's mother, which is understandable, but I'm like, did you have to do that in like in one episode and just be there? You know, I think it would have been nice if he would have stick around for at least two episodes and help her transition back to that and have the same thing before he went off to to see his to see his wife. Which I get the reasons why he wanted to do that, but I just thought it was just like, oh, one episode, we're done. Like he's off in the background. I don't know. I just just made me. I just I don't like the direction they're going, and and I think at this point they know it's the last season, their final season, and they don't care. They're like, we're gonna put anything we want to put in, and I think that's what they're doing. I could be wrong. I'm just not really feeling it. So. And I don't really like where they're taking Lena because I, I have a I have a soft spot for Lena. It's just like this woman's been through the ringer emotionally f for years and how her mother t treated her, her brother. I don't know about her father. They're not really talked about her father that much, but it's most of the most of the anguish that she has felt has come from her stepmother and her her half brother Lex. And this and that so and the secrets that they held for her because for a long time she believed that she was adopted until she found out 
that she had that her father was actually her her adopted father was actually her father so she like I said this woman has been through a lot and now to find out that her brother was a witch and, and accidentally killed somebody using her powers while protecting the other her friend I'm just like I'm not going to get into it you have to see the episode but I'm just like no I think that was really made me mad because I'm just like here we go Lena's going to find out something and she's going to find out what her mom was really into and blah 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 <coughs> and then why her you know and then this is it was basically on this what happened why her mother left uh, Ireland and went to the went to the states and that's how she met um, her father and started to have an affair and she said basically and basically was said that her father was controlling her mother and I, I find that hard to believe if her mom was truly a powerful witch I don't know but that's what they're saying right now I don't know I don't know what was going on <clears throat> I <clears throat> so I don't know I just feel like they just keep stronging up um, her her past it's like they keep playing this issue like is she going to finally just snap and just turn evil and become this powerful villain that she that they that they want her to be or is she going to resist it and become <clears throat> and stay one of the good guys and that's what I'm hoping she stays one of the good guys or they can bring her back which I'm thinking that's what they're going to do so and I hope they don't have Supergirl to die at the end of the series because they've been uh, hinting for that they've been hinting around that for the last two years that Supergirl doesn't live a long time that she dies so I don't know I don't, like I said right now I'm just not really I'm not really into the series I still like the characters I still watch it when the app lips me but when the CW app lips me but no I think they just decided just to go boom it's a series and it shows and I also this is what happens when you have too many cast members that are all looking for equal time I mean you have Dreamer, you have the Martian, you have Alex and her girlfriend. You have Brainy. They they should do a little bit more of Brainy. I think that's one character they don't do enough of. And then you have the woman that's running Catco and then the other reporter. I mean you got so many characters, it's like it's not enough not enough airtime for an hour. That's another thing in the storylines. I'm just like... Um, it's, I don't think it's the writers. I think it's just who's who's ever in charge. I think this is the direction they want to take it. And it's not a direction that's working. Especially for being the final season. Um, like I said, when they were, I think when they were doing this, I think it was just like... 
they were middle of taping and found out that they're not being uh, picked up again for the next season. And so, <coughs> I think they just like, okay, whatever. And decided to work with what they got. But, I don't know. I just don't like what they're doing to Lena again. Lena deserves better. <laughs> it's like that poor... It's just like, if you if you watched her background story, her, her, her background story develop and explain who she is and why she does certain things and why she struggles, I mean, it makes sense. And now she's dealt with her past, with her, her, her father, her brother, and her stepmother. And now, and it's like she's in a really good place. And she was really happy until she went in there and found out why the people didn't like her or her mother and wanted her to leave. I mean, they were still afraid of her. And then to find out what her, her what her mother was accused of doing, and then finding out the reason the reason why her mother did it. I mean, it's just like, and it was because of that her mother left, went to the States, and met Mr. Luther, her father, and it was just like, really? And to be found out that her father was controlling her mother, so, yeah, I just, I just, I just don't like that new development. I'm just like, really? Can't we just, like, erase that and start over? So, anyway, I don't know. I just, I'm not too thrilled about this season. I didn't really want to talk about it, but I normally talk about it, so. Um, just not, just not into it. Uh, I think it's just too many, too many characters are getting, are getting attention, and you only have about an hour show. Actually, it's less than an hour. It's about 45 minutes if you take out the commercials. So, I mean, you have that, and it's just really unorganized. So, I gotta finish watching last week's episode. Maybe I'll do that soon. Because I was watching on the CW up, and it, my app just froze, and it says, Nope, we can't get it back! There's been an issue, and I'm like, Try it again. Nope! What? Exited out of it. Went back into it. Nope! It's like, Oh well. It's like wasn't in a hurry to get back to it, so I was like oh well. It's like nope. So yeah. I I hate to see I hate to see uh Supergirl in in this way of how they're how I think they're gonna do it. I could be wrong, they could change it in a couple episodes and start going back to Nixie. Um but yeah, I don't think they will. So. I don't even know how many episodes they have left. So, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I think... I think... Lena's gonna turn evil again. With the power, I think, once Nixie finds out about it. They're gonna do that. So, I just, I just hope they give Lena the, what she's been looking for, because it's just been hard. She's always wanted to be part of a family and to be, 
um, respected and loved for who she is instead of what she can do. And I don't think she's she's ever got it because they keep talking about it. I mean, just woman, so so yeah. Well, that's what I'm going to talk about. Um, I'm still watching Supergirl. I've been a fan for this long. I'm still going to watch it until the series finale. And I hope it's a good one. And I hope it gives some closure on all the characters. Um, especially Supergirl. You know, the one thing I, I was thinking about when I was writing my notes um, for this episode was I, you know, the actress that plays Supergirl, she, she got pregnant in real life and she had a baby. Congratulations, by the way. If she's listening. Um, I always thought it would have been really interesting if Supergirl got pregnant. How interesting would that have been? That she got pregnant and had a baby. How how would how interesting would that have been? Had she became a single mom? <clears throat> figure out, you know, then you gotta figure out who the dad is. But I mean, what you know you know, she got pregnant in real life anyway, and how would that would have been you know, I, I I also think how would that if they would play that out? How would that have been? You know, a superhero getting pregnant. Yeah, she is a woman after all. You know, I I was thinking about that today. You know, was, you know maybe like Supergirl fell in love with another person from Krypton that came in, not the other guy, but like somebody else and came in and. She fell in love, and he, he, you know, they got together and all that stuff, and and then something happens to him that he's no longer able to take care of her baby or whatever, and uh, he leaves or goes back or whatever, and then she finds out that she's pregnant. That that would be interesting, you know. Something like that. I'm just, I'm just thinking ahead. Yeah, I just, just random thought thinking. But I was thinking about that, and I think that would probably would have give the show a lot more of the ratings that they needed. Personally, and then you know her being pregnant, they could have used her baby on on screen. I don't know what she had, but anyway. But I know it covered everything. But but I always thought that would have been interesting. <coughs> You know, having a baby and her being, you know, being a single mother. You know, I'm like, and then still being Supergirl at the same time. So yeah. Well, anyway, I will let you go, and and I will catch you next time, next week's episode. Don't forget, you can check me out on Twitter at AM Storytelling. You can check, uh, you can check me out on. Uh, my website, alexandermarsh.com. And as always, you can drop me an email at alexandermarsthewriter at aol.com. And I will catch you next time. And also, 
tell the ones you love them, give them a hug, and if you're thinking about a certain someone, don't text, don't email, don't message them, unless you call them on a messenger, then you can do that. But actually just give them a call. Talk to them. Because I bet you they'd love to hear your voice, and I bet you'd love to hear theirs and catch up on some old times. So, remember, life is short. Enjoy it. And I will catch you next time over the moon. Toodles!